Hey everyone, I'm Matthew. And I'm Ileana. Welcome to the Armory. This is a place where believers can be encouraged to live for Jesus and make disciples. We want to provide an arsenal of resources that help Christians to be bold in their faith. Our hope is that through this podcast, people will learn to love God's Word and abide in Christ. Thanks for joining. All right. Welcome to this week's episode of The Armory. What's up? We're back. <laughs> we're doing back-to-back episodes. So we released one last Tuesday. Now we're releasing one this the Tuesday. Special Tuesday. treat. But that's mostly because we were behind on releasing episodes. So this is kind of making Yeah, don't for, make it sound like we're ahead on No, this is kind of making up for lack of podcasts. So, yeah. But I think we got a good rhythm on our new schedule. Mostly because we're about to start a new series. We haven't done a series in a while since our literally our first one. Is that the last time? We, that's the only time we've done a series? I think so. And that, of course, was on the armor of God. Yes. Kind of setting up the whole podcast, why we're called the armory, looking through the armor of God. I was going to say things. we should explain again why we are called the armory, but it says it in our intro that they just listened to it, doesn't it? It does. We can explain it again, though. I feel like we explain it a lot of times. Oh, okay. Never mind. Give us a quick 20 seconds. Why is your podcast called the armory? Because... Ileana? When you think of the word armory, it's a place where you go to prepare for battle. And as Christians, we are in a spiritual battle every day against Satan and against what he throws at us. And so part of the Christian walk is using the tools that God has given us to prepare ourselves for that, to literally arm ourselves, to put on the things that we need. Yeah, there you go. And get rid of the things we don't. Well said. So what's the series on that we're starting? It is on... The fruit of the spirit. Yes. Classic section of scripture. People have probably studied this a lot on their own if they're like b- mature believers. and Maybe. But maybe not. Who knows? Who cares? We're going to talk about it. Yeah, that's true. It's in the <laughs> Bible, so it's fair game. <laughs> Here's the deal. It may be a heavily studied section of scripture. It's totally possible. But I think it's important for Christians to remind themselves of the simple things. Because I think we can easily get caught up in what we'll call, I'll put in air quotes, deep theology. And we realize we're getting overwhelmed and consumed by things that at the end of the day are not that important. Mm. What's important is how are you spending your time walking with Jesus? Are you walking with the Lord? Are you pursuing Christ? Are you loving people like Christ called us to love people? Mm -hmm. Um, The things that affect your daily life. Uh, Debating whether or not the best soteriological model for understanding salvation is that that by the works of John Calvin or by the works of Jacob Arminius. Um, those are not the things that I want to be known for spending my time on because mm-hmm. those are the things that those aren't the things that pe- keep people up at night. You know, those aren't the things that are going to comfort grieving mothers or you know mm. struggling fathers. So I think we have to remind ourselves we need to come back to the simple truths, and I think it doesn't get any more simple yeah, in terms good. of like what is commanded in the fruit of this in this section of Galatians where we talk about the fruit of the spirit. Yeah, that's good. So, for those of you who are checking out, check back in cuz we got something to talk about. Can I say something that's really random before we start? Sure. Whenever we talk about the armory, I always picture the scene in Hunger Games where Katniss, it's like it's, I don't think it's in the first movie where she doesn't know what to do and some people just like run straight for the woods, but she's re- running toward the 
middle i don't know what any of the words are called she's running toward the middle where the corn- like the cornucopia the cornucopia where yeah, all I read the, the books. things i didn't i just watched the movie <laughs> i think i read the first chapter of the first book oh. are you surprised i'm one chapter proud of you <laughs> but she's running toward it to get like her bow and arrow obviously that yeah, she needs come on. She's and so i always literally every time i hear the word armory that's what i picture is like we need to be running toward like the bible because it's given us everything that we need like mm-hmm. You could have the bow and arrow. You could have the backpack full of supplies and the, like, you know, you have everything you need. I don't know why. I just always think of that image and I've never explained it. So I just thought. That's funny. Well, if it helps, it helps. It's late at night again when we're recording. So I'm a little less filtered than than normal. So I'm going to go ahead. We're going to go through this over the next couple of weeks, looking kind of at each element of the fruit of the spirit. So I want to just read this passage again just so we can kind of familiarize ourselves with what we're talking about here. Because I think sometimes we like to read it starting with the fruit of the spirit is, but there's a little bit more to it than that. Great. Go ahead. It's important to go through it. So this is in Galatians chapter five. I'm going to start in verse 16, but I say, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the, sexu- now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, uh, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. But... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law, and those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Mm. So I think it's important to read that first section because if you just kind of walk through it, it's interesting because they, they show the opposite of the fruits of the Spirit. Right. They show the fruits of the flesh. So Paul starts out by saying, listen, you need to walk by the Spirit because if you walk by the Spirit, you're not going to gratify the desires of your flesh. Right. And I think that is a huge, huge issue today is Christians, and we kind of talked about this in church today, Christians trying to live in the world and not be of this world. Right. And Paul's saying, hey, it's... It's natural to gratify the desires of your flesh. Those are the things that are going to come most natural to us. Right. The most important thing is that we do not gratify those desires. And then he goes on and says, this is what the flesh looks like. And that list, if you read that list in verse, I think it was like... Oh, do you want me to read it now? No, no, I'm saying if you just read it in verse like 18 or whatever it is... It's just like oh yeah, the worst of the worst things. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, mm-hmm. all of those things. And so many more. You look at those and you go, this is kind of humanity at its worst. And it's kind of funny because I feel like a lot of those things are very normal and very common characteristics of mm-hmm. our culture today. Yeah. Um, I and mean, even, yeah, like being angry, even yeah. in the church, being jealous. Even the simple things like that so um yeah i was just gonna say too like it's interesting how this passage is talking about um like 
where is it? I don't remember. Oh, if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Like if you do these things, it's going to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Like yeah. you, you, it goes back to the whole point of Galatians 2, which is like, I've been crucified with Christ, right? It's not I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. Yeah. And so that whole passage and that whole idea of like, in order to live by the fruit of the Spirit, first you need to be crucified with Christ. Yeah. And you need to submit yourself under, right? We talk, people get confused about what the word submission means. When we're talking about submitting ourselves to Christ, it's literally to remain under him, right? So... I've been crucified with him. I'm remaining under God. And because of that, I can now walk in this, in this fruit of the spirit. And you can't do that until first you've submitted yourself to what Christ has done for you. And that does go back right to what you said about we are consumed by the world and living of the world. And we can't compare ourselves to people who aren't Christians. Right. Matt and I talk about this a lot. You can't expect people who are unbelievers to behave in the way that the Bible calls us to because yeah. <laughs> they're not under that law. They're not under that relationship or right. They're, they're not, not under grace really. It's like, not, yeah, it's crazy, but yeah. And it's kind of sad too, because they think that they're living in freedom. Um, and that's not freedom. Right. They're living in bondage. They don't really realize it. And you know, Paul talks about that elsewhere. You know, I, I don't want to do these things. I do the things I don't want to do, but I need to do the things I should do and all this stuff. And he's talking about this again. He's saying, when he talks about the things I want to do, they keep you from the, doing the things you want to do. He's talking about things that we should be wanting to do as believers now that we have a new identity. But then it's basically cut and dry. Paul's saying you have two options. Mm. You can be led by the flesh, and this is what that looks like, or you can be led by the spirit. And this is what that looks like. Yeah, it's not like a choose the areas where you, you want to be. You can pick and choose. Yeah. <laughs> well, in fact, right after he goes through that whole list of all those things, he says, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. And I'm going to be bold as to say if we are living, I'm not talking about when we if we sin, because if we're Christians, we're covered by the blood of Jesus, our sins right. have been forgiven, we will make mistakes. That's part of this Christian life. But if we are walking in the flesh, if we are, if that is our goal, if we are pursuing those things, if that's where we're running to, I would venture to say you have not been um, made alive by Christ, mm. um, because the Christian will be changed. Um, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but there's a pretty famous sermon analogy from a preacher called Paul Washer, and he basically. I think you have, but maybe not. Well, I'll I'll repeat it. It's worth repeating. So essentially, he's talking about this idea that Christians have to be there's something that has to change in the christian when they come encounter with jesus christ and basically he gives this analogy he says suppose i'm a pastor at a church and i'm preaching on sunday um, and i come in 40 minutes late and uh, the senior pastor says what are you doing like let's just use me as for example in this situation what are you doing matt like you're late the congregation has been waiting Uh, we gave you this opportunity don't don't you appreciate the ability to to preach in this church, and, and I just go, oh, you know, Pastor Wallet, I'm so sorry. This, the craziest thing happened. I got up this morning, I got in my car, I was driving here on the interstate, I got a flat tire. So I went to change the tire, my phone was dead, I couldn't text you, I went to change the tire, and one of the lug nuts of the tire, holding it on, flew into the middle of the road. So I ran out to get it, and as I got up to come back to my car, bang, I got hit by a semi-truck. Yeah. And that's why I'm late. And Pastor Wally would be like, 
what are you talking about? That's not possible. There's no way that happened. I'm telling him, no, I'm telling you the truth. It really happened. He says, you're either lying to me or you're insane because there's no way you can come into an encounter with a semi-truck going 60 on the highway and not be forever changed. Mm. And the point of that analogy is how can we possibly expect to come into an encounter with Jesus Christ and remain the same? Yeah. So if, if, I got the chills. I got the chills. That's Paul Washer for you. So if you have been saved by the blood of Jesus, by his atoning death on the cross mm. and his resurrection, and in fact, we understand he is alive. If that's true of you, there will be change. Yeah. And if there is no change, you have to ask yourself. Yeah. I don't hard. have time. I don't have enough time in this life to be soft on this anymore. Right. Yeah. I don't. Um, you have to ask yourself if you're really Christian. Yeah. That's um, hard. And it's hard, and but that's what Paul's saying. He yeah. said, these things, they will not, those who belong, oh, what does he say here? Um, I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit right. the kingdom of God. And that should scare us. Yeah, and bit. sometimes you have to be the friend who asks that to somebody else, right? Like, if you have been friends with, I mean, how many people do we have that have listened to this who maybe have been friends with people for 20-something years? Yeah. They're claiming to be a believer, but over and over again, you see them not be repentant, not be life change, right? And like Matt said, we're not saying like, oh, they still struggle with sin. Like, obviously that's evident, but yeah. if they're never, if they've never, if you've never seen them apologize or seek forgiveness or admit what they've done wrong to the Lord, yeah. like you might have to be the person to ask them that. But I think what you said at the, near the beginning too, is like people who are unbelievers are, are missing out on grace. And so when we think of the fruit of the spirit, I think sometimes as Christians, it can be really scary. Like, oh, love, joy, peace, patience. Like, I'm so bad at all of these things. But I think there's a level of it that's freeing, right? Like, there's freedom that comes from being a believer. Yeah. When you, well, and I guess we'll talk about this next. But, like, it's um, the fruit of the spirit, right? It's not the fruit of Ileana. Like, And so there's a grace and there's a freedom that you remain under because you're submitted to Christ and because you're submitted to God and Mm -hmm. you're not left to yourself to do these things, right? Like be strong and courageous, like for the Lord is with you, right? That's what scripture tells us. And so you're not left to your own devices to, to do these things on your own. And I think that's, what's freeing when you study the fruit of Mm -hmm. the spirit is, Sometimes, do you need to make it into a checklist to see where you're measuring up? Yeah, maybe. But sometimes you just need to have the confidence of you, the fact that you have the Holy Spirit working in and through you. And if you're trying to submit yourself to the Lord's will, He will, this Holy Spirit will help you with those things. Yeah. And so that's important to understand because as humans, at our best, we are walking in the flesh. Yeah. Um, we don't, we can't naturally just walk in the Spirit. Uh, we can't naturally just walk with God. Now, as we've been regenerated, we're Christians. Now we we do have the ability to do that. Our hearts, our affections have been changed. We're different. Um, but let's just talk, let's just, just use an example. The first fruit of the Spirit that we're going to talk about a little bit today, love. Um, that is not something that comes natural um, to people. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's a lot of work. And I would say the, the non-believer can love a certain way that... Um, but the believer can love a different way. Yeah. And it believer can love in a way that actually honors the Lord. Right. Because it's a fruit of the Spirit. And it's something we have access to as we walk with the Spirit, like you just said. Yeah. It's not something I can just conjure up and now I'm just be just so loving. Like yeah. I'm since I'm a Christian, I'm loving, I'm patient, I'm joyful, I'm kind. Yeah. Those things are not just qualities of the believer in and of themselves. They're qualities of what the believer needs to look like as they're walking with the Spirit. Yeah. 
I had a professor, and I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but he used to talk a lot about, like, navel-gazing as a Christian. And, like, when we look at ourselves and we're so consumed by, like, I need to be better, I need to do better, like, just looking at yourself all the time and saying, like, the reason you might be failing is because you're trying to look at yourself and measure up to a certain standard when really if you look towards Christ and you look towards like what the spirit has already done, then you will walk in a way that's worthy of that. Right. Like it's, you need to look less at yourself. Mm -hmm. Like I think 500 times in the new Testament, the word is in Christ. The words in Christ are used together. Like most of them by Paul saying like we are in Christ. And so living in that reality of when we're in Christ, we are, we've talked about this before when we talked about our book and the resources podcast, the delighting in the Trinity. Yeah. When we're in Christ, we're delighted into this triune relationship, which means we have the Holy spirit and we have access to mm-hmm. this fruit that we're bearing because of his help. Yeah. So I think the next thing I think would be good to do is just let's dive into this first one. So we're going to take one right. of these a week for the next couple of weeks and we're just going to dive into each of these fruit of the Spirit. And today, we're going to talk about love. Mm-hmm. And we're not going to necessarily talk about it for a long time, but I think it's important that we talk about love. And, and just to get it out there, we're not talking about relational and right. relationship love. Like, oh, I love my girlfriend. I love my boyfriend. I love my spouse. I love I my, my son. Kids, yeah. That's not what we're talking about. Um, now, is that under the umbrella of love, yes, absolutely. But that is a sub minor point in the in the grand scheme of what does it mean to be a Christian who loves? Right. When we're called to do these things, what is Paul talking about? He's talking about love, and so I think that's one thing that's important to just differentiate. Yeah, but I think it's really interesting to know and just to kind of wrestle with the idea that we kind of live in a loveless world. And what do I mean by that? And it sounds kind of strange because we feel like we hear that all the time. Oh, just got to love people. Love is love. You're not loving. Um, And I think the reason why we live in a loveless world is because we live in a truthless world. And a world without truth is not a loving world. And I think Christians have not done a great job at leading the charge of being love, loving others. Because I think we sit back sometimes and just allow things to happen. Um, We allow people to say things and... And we will be agreeable on certain issues just to to be hospitable. Mm -hmm. And we think that is what love is. We we think that is an act of love. Um, But if anything, it's something that is very destructive to people. Mm -hmm. And I think it's far, far, far from love. Um, It's really just interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I think um, something else is that from the other book I mentioned in our resources, Outdated. Um, Obviously, that is talking about relationships and dating, but something that he talks about, there's a whole chapter called Love is a Feeling, Mm -hmm. and it's basically this lie that you should follow your heart, and instead he's saying, no, that's a lie. You don't need to follow your heart. You need to tell your heart what to follow. And so is there certainly an emotional aspect to loving others? Yes, (laughs) there is. Like, as my... as your spouse, I love you. Like as my husband, like (laughs) affectionately and emotionally, there's a love there that was attached right to our relationship at some point for us to get married. Um, however, I'm going to keep using the marriage example because Christ also uses marriage as an example in scripture, but at times in marriage, 
you're called to love even if you don't feel like it. So mm-hmm. even if there's not the emotional aspect to, oh, I feel in love right now. Yeah. Um, you, well, you're still called to do it. And so we know that love is not just a feeling because, um, I mean, even look at Christ like on the cross, right? Like he felt anguish, it says, like when he was dying on the cross. Yet out of love, out of his act of love, he still went to the cross and died, right? And obviously he's perfect and we can't necessarily compare ourselves to that. But um, the Lord doesn't say love your neighbor as yourself when you feel like it. Yeah. Right. Love the Lord your God when you feel like it. And so we need it. We need to squash any sort of like this love as a feeling. Um, And like you said, we're not going to talk about relationships, but that's where that's where that would happen, where you're like, oh, we fell out of love. Well, when you get married or when you're like, when you're commanded by the Lord to love, it's not yeah. just a, when you feel like it. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the cool things about scripture is that it, it repeats itself a lot. Yeah. And I would encourage anyone listening to this, if you really want to just study what love is, to look at First Corinthians chapter 13. I think that passage is probably the most uh, abused mm. passage in all of scripture in terms of taking out of context. Um, a lot of people like to say, oh, it's Jeremiah 29, 11, or, you know, Philippians, what is it? 413. 413. You know, that's I funny. Do, I I didn't, we didn't write this down. and just I, assumed that's I can, what you're I can do all things through Christ, right? Um, and we're talking about all these passages that are taken out of context. I think 1 Corinthians 13 is the most taken out of context. It's probably at 90% of weddings, um, talking about how to love your spouse and all that stuff. And that's great. Yeah. Um, but I think it's being applied in those contexts to marriage as if Paul is talking about how a husband loves his wife. Now, like I said earlier, this is a love that it does apply to those things, but we ha- it's important for Christians to understand because I feel like we can read that passage and go, oh, I'm, I don't have a problem loving my spouse. I don't really need to pay attention. or I'm not married. Mm-hmm. Um, but Paul is talking to the Corinthian church about how they need to love each other as a church body. Mm -hmm. Um, and he's talking to a specific local church body and it applies to the universal church. Yeah. So in that passage, we learn the importance of love, not just as this broad concept, not in a one-on-one relationship, but as the body of Christ. So we should probably say what the passage is. (laughs) Yeah. So the passage is first Corinthians 13 and it basically starts out. Love is. If I speak in the tongues of men, this is just the, the imagery they use. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Essentially saying, if you can do all those things, but you don't have love, you're just noise. And then it goes on to say, if I have the gifts of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries of all knowledge, if I have the faith that can move mountains, but I don't have love, the next word is, I am nothing. Mm. All that, you can have all that, but if you don't have love, you're nothing. Then it goes on, love is patient, love is kind. And it just goes into all these describers, right? It does not envy. It does mm. not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It's a big one. Talking about we could talk about each of those things for a whole podcast. Oh, for sure. Then think about this. This is love. I, I think people are listening to this right now, and they're thinking about relational love. Yeah, I was think too of, until yep. you just said it's of the think church. Think about how you operate with people in the church. Yeah, love patient. is patient. <laughs> think about people in the church. Yeah, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. Right, which is all over the church. It is not proud. It Mm -hmm. is not rude. It is not self-seeking. 
It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices with the truth. We're good. I think the church is good at rejoicing in the truth. Yeah. I would say all the other things that were just mentioned, thumbs down emoji. Here goes though. It always protects. Mm. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. Then it keeps going on to say how all these things that are so important in life, they're not as everlasting as love. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. And it says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I talked like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away those childish things. Now we see as a poor reflection, as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. And now I know in part, and then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. But now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of all of these is love. And so that is this passage. And it's so interesting because Paul is really trying to hit home all of this is for the church. This is for the church. And I think when we apply it, when we just kind of think of it as this wedding passage, this beautiful wedding passage, that's great, right? Those are things that you want to do in a, in a relationship, in a marriage, for sure. Mm-hmm. But we're missing out on the message. How often are we going about w- w- walking with our church members, walking with the body of Christ, lacking envy, not boasting, we're trusting each other, we're trying to persevere, all these different things. And I think I think there's a, a lot of times absent from the Christian who's the only person who has this truth. Yeah. So. That's good. <laughs> you just I just feel like you just read so, like you recited so much scripture that I'm still taking it all in because really that passage is like you could take each, each verse and study it for so long. But really like what you said at the beginning of the podcast, we want to, we want to, as Christians, remind ourselves of like the simple things and we want to focus on, okay, like scripture is telling us that this is one of the greatest commands, if not like, right, yeah. the, the greatest command to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, to put others before ourselves. And I don't think anybody can go, let me rephrase what I was saying. Anybody can go through their day and immediately figure out where they need to love more like there's always going to be a place as the christian where we can be more loving and i don't think it's really that hard to find like Mm -hmm. if you just think of your week or your day at the end of the day like i just feel like as christians if we know what we're called to do like i don't this is an easy topic i feel like to start implementing yeah it definitely is in, in practice. Not that it's not hard. Sure. It's definitely going to be hard, right? But it's not like there's a confusion. Like like you said, we know what to do. Right. Implementing it is another thing. Um, but I feel like there's also, I feel like there's so many ways we can take this, but I feel like there's a good place to land this plane. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of lies that I think we believe about love. As um, Christians or? As Christians. Yeah. I think you mentioned one of them. Um what did you say earlier? I'm trying to remember. You were just talking about it. Can you guys tell it's late at night and we don't have notes written down? You were just saying it. I was just thinking about it. <laughs> so, what were we just talking? What were you just talking about at the beginning? Why am I forgetting? At the beginning of the episode, yeah. love isn't a feeling. That's what it was. Love isn't a feeling. I think that's a lie. We believe that. Oh yeah, that love is a feeling. That love is a feeling. Now you mentioned 
there is a emotional aspect to loving people. Well, yeah. And I think that's why we get so confused. I don't even think it's something intentional that we try to do where we are like, well, for, for unbelievers, it's an intentional, I'm choosing to love and I'm choosing not to love. Yeah. I'll be bold. I feel like I can say that. As believers, I don't think we consciously are like, I don't feel like loving the Lord today. I don't feel like loving my church member, so I'm not going to do it. I think that's a subconscious thing that we've learned outside of the church Mm -hmm. or maybe from people inside the church, but I feel like it's a subconscious thing that we've learned. And because our feelings are so associated with everything else about us, um, it gets really hard to like draw these lines, which is why like, the more, the more I study scripture, the more I realize we are created holistically, like body, soul, spirit. Like I'm created with emotions, but I'm created to obey God's truth despite them, right? And so um, we talked about that actually, me and my mom in the episode of the rules of communication, right? Act, don't react. So you're acting and what you know to be true, you're not reacting because of your emotions. Yeah. So when you're married and you're trying to have a conversation, you're not reacting based on the, you're not reacting based on the, oh, I don't feel like loving him right now. You still have to act out of your obedience to what the Lord calls you to do, yeah. which is to be patient and kind and hope through all things, right? You know, mm. all of those. So yeah, that's definitely one of them. I think another lie that we believe about love is because I'm a Christian that makes me a loving person. Um, like yeah, that's, that's just, not that's just true. a characteristic that I now have acquired because I'm a believer. And I don't think that's true either. Um, uh, I think that's why these are called, we talked about this earlier. These are called the fruit of the spirit. This is not something that just becomes part of who you are when you become a Christian. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. When you become a Christian, things change. You are changed but you do not just naturally have all these qualities at your disposal that you just exude out of you. Your your whole personality is completely different. That's not true. Um, It's a process. Now, do we have access to to doing these things well with the Spirit? Absolutely. But if you're like a lying, cheating, malicious man and you come to Christ, you have to learn how to love people. You have to learn how to be kind. You have to... Christian, how how many times do we come across Christians who are not joyful. It's not because they're just like the worst people ever. It's something you have to learn how to do. Yeah. Um, these things are not just boom, tagged on. Now you have all these attributes. And I think that's why people get discouraged sometimes too. Yeah. I agree with you. However, I also want to add, um, the Holy Spirit is going to equip you as the Christian to learn all the things that you need to know. And so in first John, it talks about that. Um, in chapter two, I think is it says something about um, like the Holy Spirit will teach you the things that you need to learn, yeah. basically to obey. Yeah. And so, like, I agree. Like, we're not just given all these attributes and we know them fully and we know how to engage in them fully, but we have the hope as the Christian that the Holy Spirit is helping us with these things, mm-hmm. and we need to be confident in the fact that we can walk in those. Yeah. And I think it's a it's a mind shift where you have to say, this is the fruit of the Spirit. I'm always going to have room to grow. I'm always going to need to be sanctified. Um, however, when I got saved, I've had this relationship with the Holy Spirit where he's now guiding me to do yeah. those things. I think the key word of that, though, to let's go back again is it's it's a it's can right um i know christians who are not being led by the holy spirit 
they are not allowing the spirit to do these things in their life. Well, yeah, it's a it's right what we said. I said at the beginning, submitting and remaining under the yeah. God. Like so, while we comp- while as a believer, we completely have access to the fruit of the spirit, the fruit that are innate to the Holy Spirit. Um, if we're just sitting around. Maybe that's a better way to put it. If we're just sitting around yeah. uh, waiting for these things to just be applied to our life. Oh, yeah. Or if yeah. we're just walking around thinking, well, now I'm this way. Of course. Yeah. It's going to be a bummer because yeah. people are going to probably tell you real quick, listen, you're not, you're not very kind. <laughs> you're not very loving. But we have, we, I agree with you 100% and you said it well. We have, we can have the confidence knowing that if we are seeking God. Right. And if we are asking the Holy Spirit to do a work in our life, to, to be filled, more filled with the Holy Spirit, to be more transformed to the image of Christ, to be more sanctified, these things will start to make their way into our life at a high level. Yeah. And the things that were in the above list, if you read the like list, yeah. which are part, you know, just an example of things that are with the non-believer, um, they will start to be fade away because yeah. they can't exist together. Yeah. So One really more really quick lie, not Let's necessarily about love, but through the Spirit, is okay. um, we Often we often learn it as fruits of the spirit where it's a plural thing where these are kind of disjointed. I keep touching my microphone. I'm sorry if that's bad. (laughs) Fruits of the spirit where they're kind of disjointed things that you all need to work on together. Um, Well, it's the fruit of the spirit. So it's a singular thing where the Lord is saying all of these things are together collectively the fruit of the spirit. So although we're going to take one at a time to talk about each episode and about although each of them are one characteristic to grow in and to get better in, realize that we're not loving outside of having joy and peace and patience and kindness, right? Yeah. Like these are all things that we're called to have and put on mm. at the same time. That's a good word. Didn't want to think about that. I learned that from one of my pastors back oh. in the day. Back in the day? Yeah. <laughs> Make it sound like we've been around for so no, long. No, Dave Wissen, I think. Oh, that's funny. So guys, I think that's hopefully a start. Mm-hmm. Um, we could talk, we could do a 15 part series on love. I mean, by all means, we just talked about how there's a million, uh, million, there's like 15 different characteristics in first Corinthians 13 alone to talk about love. But we hope this gets you thinking. Um, one of the things we want to do on this podcast, not just equip you, but we want you to think for yourselves too. We want you yeah. to get in God's word, study this passage. Think about what it means to be a Christian who loves Think about what it means to live in a loving way, not just with those in the church, but with those around you in, um, in, in your daily life. Because that's a common phrase. We've heard it before. How will they know we are Christians? They will know us by our love. Mm. Um, and oftentimes, it's not the grandstanding, top of the soapbox sermons on the corner that get people to come to Christ. Mm-hmm. It's people saying, I noticed you're so much different than me. What is that? Yeah. And then us saying, well, let me just tell you about Jesus because he's the one who made me this what way. happened today at church. People came back second week ever at church because yeah. they had a good experience with people loving on them the last week they were here. Yeah. I mean, I had to have lunch with them today. It's kind of fun. It's fun. So, <laughs> so we hope you guys think about this. We hope you guys consider what it means to be loving. If you're listening to this podcast and you're maybe you don't know what to study in the Bible right now, go through the fruit of the spirit. Study it as we walk through it. And hey, send us an email. Send us a message on Instagram. We'd love to hear what you're learning yeah. and um, we'll go from there. Yeah. Also, I just want to add, there's probably people listening to this who have been really hurt by people in the church. Maybe yeah. not like a church leadership necessarily, but like just people in the church. And you might be really bitter listening to this being like, what do you mean? This is like when it's talking about love is patient, love is kind. That's for the church. Yeah. Like people didn't act towards me that way. Yeah. Those people weren't loving. 
And it's very sad. Yeah, and so I would just say like, there. Mm. I'm praying that there's room in your heart for forgiveness in that. Yeah. Um, because when I've been a part of a lot of churches now, just in my time finding churches in college and whatever. And when the body of Christ is actively loving the way the word calls them to, it's a really beautiful thing. But when they're not, that can be really, really hard and damaging. So just like Matt said, grab your Bible, study this because there is a lot and then find a church that's obeying what the Lord has called them to do in the way they love each other. Love it. See what I did there? Love it. (laughs) So we'll see you guys in two weeks. We're going to talk about joy. And what? Challenge. We don't have a challenge. Why would you bring that up? Do you have one? <laughs> no. Why are you asking <laughs> like that? <laughs> you looked at me like we have a challenge. Do we have? Do we have one? No, but we always have one. That's like our. We trademark. haven't done one in like so long. No, it's because we did resources last time. What was our challenge the time before that? I don't know. It's so I bet long you, ago. I bet you fifteen dollars of fun money that we haven't done a challenge in at what? least three episodes, two episodes, not including the resources. What I will take that bet. I think we did. Okay, we're going to go look back through the archives. But since you brought it up, what's the challenge? <laughs> I don't have one. So, so why would you bring it up? <laughs> oh, guys, um, I'm let's sorry. Let's think of a challenge. It's, we're it's we're too deep time. into this hole. We needed to think of a challenge. I mean, you know I, what? I, have an, I have an idea. Okay. Go back through that 1 Corinthians 13 passage. Yeah. Look at the qualities of love um, and pick just one. That you think, you know, ask the Lord, what is it? Shine a spotlight in the basement of my heart. Which one of these do I struggle with? And then with? be careful when you ask the Lord to do that. Yeah, careful. <laughs> Which one of these do I struggle with? And figure out a way to work on it. Ask people who are in your community. We talk about community all the time. We don't have time to get on that rabbit trail again. Find people in your community, in your life, that you're doing life with to say, hey, I'm working on this. Can you help me? Right. Um, can you show me if I'm doing this well? So that's your Show channel. the list to your spouse and have a big <laughs> yeah. one. So that's your challenge. Pick, find something from 1 Corinthians 13, aspect of love, how you can work on that better. And then when you're done, find the next one. And it's going to, trust me, it will go well with you. Oh, good job, babe. Maybe we do that. Um, we will find out for our next episode whether or not I was right that we haven't had a challenge in uh, two episodes, not including the resource, or early on I was right. Everybody pray, because I already spent my fun money for next month. You did? Well, not really. In my head. We haven't had this conversation. In do you want to have it on the air or should we stop? I think we're getting too deep. No, I was talking about my (laughs) ring that I bought. Oh, yeah, that's right. Anyway, so we love this podcast. I hope you could tell that it's fun for us, and uh, we really enjoy doing this, and we enjoy hearing how how many people enjoy it as well. So we're excited to come back in a couple weeks. We're talking about joy, and we'll see you. Bye.